Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coffee Break Conversations, Season 1, Episode 3. Hello and welcome back to our brand new interview podcast, Coffee Break Conversations, in which we talk about life, learning and languages. Last week we heard the story of Catherine, a Coffee Break language learner, and this week I speak to Chris Broholm from the Actual Fluency podcast. Hailing from Denmark, Chris is, in his own words, a language journalist, a researcher, documenter and helper to empower other language learners. After discovering the channels of various well-known language learners on YouTube, Chris dived headfirst into the polyglot world and hasn't looked back. He now hosts a podcast called Actual Fluency, which aims to uncover the secrets of language learning and also works on a variety of projects, including the selling and distribution of various language products. In this interview, we hear more about how Chris found the polyglot community, his thoughts on the spaced repetition method of language learning, which he says is like downloading a language from the matrix, and even about how AI is being used to personalise language learning. Now, one thing that we should mention is this interview was recorded back in November of 2019, so before everything changed in 2020. Keep that in mind as you hear Chris talking about a variety of projects. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Break Conversations. I'm Mark, your Coffee Break host, and today we are here with the one and only Chris. Now, you've taught me how to say your second name correctly, uh, Broholm. Yeah. Is that okay? That's it, yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, you are from Denmark and you are the host of the Actual Fluency podcast, but you're also an, uh, something of a polyglot and, uh, well, uh, an all-round language enthusiast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, absolutely, yeah. As you say, I'm from Denmark and uh, 31 years old. Uh, that's an important fact there as well. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just going through the languages, I think it's probably the easiest way. Mm -hmm. So, obviously... Danish is my first language. English is my second language. Uh, although some argue that English has become my first language, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue for that. But um, as a fun fact, I, some people ask me what language do you think in. You probably get the same question. Yep. And uh, for me, it changed when I was about twelve. It changed to English. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, so we can talk about that later yep. if, uh, if, it, if it's opportune. But then I had German in school from grade five. Mm -hmm. And I actually continued with German in high school and I did a bit of university in German as well. So that has become quite good as well. And then 
you get Norwegian, Swedish, almost the same as Danish. So I don't want to count them necessarily, but I could definitely I think talk you should, to someone. I think you should count them. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's count them. Uh, and then uh, I've been doing some work on my Russian for the last four or five years or so, which was actually the kind of the beginning of actual fluency was me uh, picking up uh, the hobby as a language learner outside any kind of formal institution. And th that's what I've been working on. And I've been kind of learning just how difficult it is to start a language from scratch, yeah, especially yeah. one that's so different. Okay, excellent. Well, can you tell us for, for our listeners a little more about what you do professionally? Because you work in languages um, and your day-to-day -day life is all about languages and combining languages with other things like marketing and so on. So tell us a little about that sort of day-to-day -day work. What do you do? Absolutely. So right now I am uh, the growth manager of I Will Teach You a Language. So, so we, that's Ollie Richards. Ollie Richards, yeah. yeah people probably heard of him. And that means that I'm in charge of finding affiliate partners that we can basically reach a wider audience with our courses. Um, and I use some of those skills with my own stuff as well in actual fluency. I do email marketing, copywriting, uh, all kinds of things involved in, let's say, selling and distributing uh, language products. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my, my, my main job. And then I have a few side projects okay. also involved in language learning. Uh, actual fluency being one of them, mm -hmm. Polyglot Cruise being a relatively new addition. We'll talk about uh, that in just a moment. <laughs> that I'm working on, uh, and uh, I might. I'm also interested in possibly getting into some Danish materials as well. Uh, it's on the on the board, but uh, haven't quite started it yet. Okay, cool. So you, you're part of what I would describe as the polyglot community. You you attend the events and, and so on. Tell us, for our listeners who are perhaps interested in, in being involved in this kind of thing, tell us a little more about what that means. What is the polyglot community and do you have to speak loads of languages to be involved? Right. The, the second thing is definitely not. I think that the community is more of a, yeah, it's a community. I mean, that's a good word to describe it, but it's just a lot of nice people. And I mean, I can go back to the first time I went to the Polygraph Gathering, which was in four, 2014. And that was the first time it was ever held. And it was a funny story, actually. I'll tell it quickly, where I just found out about this Polygraph movement. I just learned about Benny Lewis, who's kind of the one of the big founders of it. He's a great guy, great motivator, and uh, like I said, really influential in starting the whole movement. He had a big website about uh, traveling around Europe, learning languages in three months. Fluent three months is the name of the site. And I found it and I was like, wow, this is an amazing lifestyle. I want to do that. As it happens, I never really did that lifestyle. I, I tried it a little bit and it was just not for me, which is a, a great lesson to learn. You know, I didn't want to travel every three months and live out of a suitcase. I don't think it would be a lifestyle for me either. I like my luxury. <laughs> well, not my luxuries, but I, I like to, to be able to, to unpack a suitcase at least. Yeah. And so when, for some reason, I got into the on the groups on Facebook and there was this post by Judith Meyer, who's uh, also a really well-established polygot already at the time. And she had put up this uh, post saying, oh, we're doing a, a, meet, a gathering in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And she had given... They had opened up the registration for people on this uh, forum, how to learn any language, which was basically the, the, the before I even joined, mm -hmm. was, a, was a place for polygots to hang out. So they'd already filled up almost all the spots. So she put a post up saying, we've got 20 spots available for this first ever event. And I just I just thought, I'll go for it, you yeah. know? And I wasn't really interested in language learning that much. I, I loved it in school. And I, I've, I've people told me I have a great kind of ear for languages. 
but I didn't do it as a hobby myself actively at the time. But then I got to Berlin and it was like, these people are amazing. You know, they was the nicest people ever. And I think at that time, if I'd gone to a, 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 I don't know, marketing conference or, I don't know, perhaps not a fishing conference, but if I've gone to another conference and people have been really nice, I might have just done that. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so you, you've kind of found yourself in, in this world, yeah. as it were, but you're, you're quite happy to be here. I picked it very yeah. selectively because I think in life you should have a passion or some kind of area where you're interested and you want to learn more about, you want to contribute, you want to you be a part of. And I thought to myself, languages are a great way to do that. And the people there in Berlin, everyone was so nice. I mean, I come there, I speak some English, Danish, and German were my languages, and nobody seemed to bother that much that I was with, you know, only that languages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which for a lot of people listening, that's still great to have two extra languages from your mother tongue, but you have to remember the average at that event was probably like seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been to a couple of the events too, and I think, uh, you know, there are people there who are just learning one language and, and they have a fantastic time too because, again, they're with like-minded people, yeah. but equally, you know, no matter what language you're learning, you can share the the strategies and, and the, the, the ideas around language learning. Let's talk a little more about those strategies and, and uh, the methods of, of language learning. You said that you've been learning Russian yep. and you've also dabbled in a couple of other languages and so on. So what would you say is your preferred method of learning? I really like to use spaced repetition. Okay. I'm almost addicted to it. Um, Can you explain what that is for our listeners? Uh, so the most basic form is you uh, flashcards. Mm -hmm. So most people probably know the paper version where it has a definition on one side and then it has the translation on the other side, typically. Yep. And in the modern day, that could be like Anki or Memrise or you know, even Duolingo uses it to some extent. Um, but for me, it's like downloading a language from the Matrix. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just... The way that the brain works is just so tuned into space repetition because that's how we learn anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you do it multiple times and then it becomes fixed. So that's my main way to kind of learn the, the building blocks of a language. So in terms of the space repetition is when you, you get one particular word or a phrase and then after a time it automatically comes back up just at the right moment when your brain's almost forgotten it, that, the kind of idea. Yeah, and actually I spent some time with the founder of Memrise, uh, Ed Cook, who's a... Uh, I would call him, him a mad memory scientist. Okay. <laughs> and if you've ever met him, you'd see it immediately. And he doesn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's quite a eclectic, uh, as it were. But um, he says that that's the exact time you should revise it, yeah. just before you're about to forget it. That's the best, time. the best time. And in practice, that probably looks something like, I mean, it's exponential, of course. So it'll probably look something like two hours, uh, one day, three days, 10 days, something like okay. that, you know. It depends for everyone. It depends on what word it is. If you're familiar with the language already, if it has cognates, of course, you, you can remember this much quicker. And some of the tools that you're talking about there, they're intelligent in the sense that they begin to recognize when you start to forget those words and then they'll bring them up at the right time. Yeah. So the newest technology is machine learning, AI. So that basically means that they're taking all the learners who have tried to learn a word and then they say, okay, on average, it takes them 23.7 hours to forget this word. So we have to show it just before. <laughs> yeah, so on the 22nd hour, that's when you're yeah, getting it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's getting very technical. Yeah. And actually, some companies like Linguist are starting to do it personalized as mm -hmm. well. So a company like Memrise might pool all the data together, 
But the newest I've seen from a company like Linguist is it uses your own learning. Mm -hmm. So it says, in the past, you did this and this and this, and then it builds your new recommendations yeah. for you. Um, but this learn, the, the big caveat here is you can learn vocabulary and you can learn grammar and you can learn anything really, but it's not language yet. So you have to really be sure to combine it with, I prefer tutoring sessions one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. Uh, go on italki uh, and you can find a lot of keen tutors for as little as you know $5 an hour. These are probably university students who are just doing it as a bit of money on the side, a bit of beer money, you yeah. know. Um, so you don't need like, you don't need a professional teacher with like five degrees and, you know, to teach you, to just to talk to you a bit and try to activate some of the things you've learned. So I would say if I had to boil it down to like the bare minimum, those would be the two kind of big things. Any kind of immersion, watching TV or listening to music, I see that as a big bonus, mm -hmm. but it's hard to quantify the effects. Yeah. It's more like solidifying and like helping you yeah. establish what you've already learned basically. But definitely not just one tool. No. I think that's what we always try to, to encourage people to think of. Yeah, fantastic. If you're enjoying using Coffee Break, fantastic. But there are also other things which will complement that. And it's the combination of all these resources that you can put together that will help you make the, the progress. And, you know, if, if we're looking at Coffee Break, then you you if you've got... 15 minutes or whatever when you're sitting there with your cup of coffee then yeah you can listen to a podcast but if you're standing at the, the the bus stop and you've got a couple of minutes waiting in the bus then there are other tools that you can use in in, in that particular moment and just fill all those little points of the day with with a little bit of language learning that's my philosophy honestly for most people i think getting started is the big challenge yep. and understanding that you don't need to aim for perfection to enjoy a foreign language. Absolutely. Yeah. Having learned just hello, how are you? I mean, the, the, the way it changes people is insane. Indeed. If you live in like, I don't know, Hungary, live in Budapest, try to learn hello, how are you in Hungarian and watch the people behind the counter or the restaurant go like, you wow. know, he's come in and ordered in English every day and now yep. he's spoken my language. They yep. get so excited about it and they're so happy. So you make somebody's life better. You make your own life better. You know, and that's just with a few words. Yeah. So imagine what you can do with more. Indeed, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sia, how do you do? You've learned a little Hungarian in your time, haven't you? Yeah, I remember. I seem to remember we had like a Hungarian roundtable at one of the conferences. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, where we each used our terrible Hungarian. But yeah, that's a great language, by the way. It's if you want to challenge. Very complex, yeah. Yeah, if you want to challenge. And, uh, but it's very organized, you know, mm -hmm. it's very. Uh, all the endings make sense and you just have to learn a lot. A lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so can you give us perhaps an idea if there have been any particular moments that you can remember in your language learning experience of whatever language that was when you've kind of suddenly felt, ah, this has clicked or it's paid off? Mm. For Russian, I had a big aha moment. Initially, I was doing like a lot of flashcards to see how many words I could learn. And I realized it wasn't translating into language. So the, the tutoring sessions I had initially, and these are on my YouTube channel, by the way, so you can listen to my first okay. Russian lessons. <laughs> and it's very painful. <laughs> and I can't listen to it myself because it's like really an hour's conversation. But if you speak at a normal speed, it would be like five minutes. <laughs> um, but the big aha moment was that for foreign languages, and especially languages that are very different, like Hungarian or Russian, you're not translating from your own language. And even, I would say, even in the closer languages, that's not what you're trying to do. But the impulse is there because that's how we're 
brought up、mm-hmm. that English to Danish that's just a translation, but actually the way that most languages work, I mean English and Danish are quite similar in structure anyway, but the most languages work is that they're translating meaning. Yep. So, for instance, in Russian, I was trying to say, I would like to order a cup of coffee,、uh-huh. but in reality, because I was so bad at Russian, what I should have just done is say, okay. What is it I'm trying to achieve with this sentence? That is, I would like a coffee. Well, can I boil that down even more? A coffee, please. So it's like, you know, you can boil it down to that.、Mm-hmm. Um, and in Hungarian, <laughs> see, I could、uh-huh. do that as well.、Um, but that was the big aha moment for me because I was really stuck in this kind of translation mode. Yeah. And when I realized that you have to really simplify it, that's when everything got so much easier in the tutoring lessons because I was. I was not trying to look for translations in my head. I was just saying, "What am I actually trying to say?" Absolutely. So, I got that from Tokipona, if you can believe it. Tokipona, yeah, <laughs> right now. Tokipona is a, a, a constructed language. Tell our listeners a little more about Tokipona. Right. So, Tokipona is a very small language. has only a hundred and twenty-ish words. Okay. And it was constructed by a person named Sonia Lang.、Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you basically distill the language to its Bare minimum.、Yep. So the idea is how little, how few words can you actually do it with?、Uh-huh. And the way it helped my Russian was that instead of thinking with all the filler words and everything, I was actually trying to. You can imagine trying to build a sentence with a language that doesn't have a, the word for car, for instance. Yeah.、Okay. So what is a car? Well, it's a it's a moving building. Okay. In Tokipona, anyway. Right.、Um, so that's the example, and that's where I got it from. And it really is forces you to think minimalistically in a linguistic fashion. Yeah. And so when I applied that to Russian, I was being way, way, way too ambitious. I think a lot of the listeners probably have this thing、yep. too, because you don't want to look like an idiot when you're speaking a new language. Yeah, you don't want to sound like a caveman or something yeah, like or that. Yeah, or like, like a you, kid. Yeah. But the the idea, the basic premise that I learned from that was you need to,、uh-huh. and in the beginning you will be. But the best thing you can do is to laugh at yourself、Absolutely. and enjoy it. I remember going into a Hungarian sandwich shop, and the girls were giggling all over about my terrible Hungarian. <laughs> But I did it! I did it, and I had a great time with it. Yeah, absolutely.、Um, in terms of of language learning and language learners, we often find that lots of our learners here at Coffee Break don't consider themselves as language learners, and certainly not as as polyglots. What advice would you give to someone who is perhaps scared to even begin learning a language? I think it comes back to you enjoy it from the very first word. Instead of going into it saying, "I will be fluently speaking、uh, Romantic Italian in, you know, a year or six months or whatever deadline you put on it," just say, "How much impact can I do with ten words、mm-hmm. or, let's say, three lessons of coffee break? What can I actually say? You know, and if you look at it, you can actually say quite a lot. Like, where are you from?、Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why are you learning Italian? You can say these things that everyone asks you anyway,、yeah. so you can kind of level up your life. And I think not being afraid, like we just said, to be the caveman or the Tarzan of the、yeah. of the language is a great thing, and it's really fun to do.、Uh, so I really, some people don't get into it because they think it's a lot of work, which it is. But you can take it. You know, so you're saying, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. Exactly, it's、yeah. exactly the same. So, do, so just do whatever you feel like. If your grandparents are from Italy, or you know, if you have an,、uh, a Swedish、uh, pen pal, 
learn some of that language and see how that changes you. And if you like it, keep going. Keep going. Absolutely. Good advice. We're just going to take a short break now. And in a moment, we'll be back to find out more about Chrissy's language learning and indeed some of the professional activities that he is involved in. Here at Coffee Break Languages, we provide a whole range of materials to help you take your next step with learning a language. We offer free podcasts in a range of languages and also full online courses with video materials, lesson notes and more to help you make faster progress. Just search for Coffee Break Languages or visit coffeebreakacademy.com. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, it's time for our quick fire round. Now, what happens here is we ask you very quickly to identify one particular thing, your favourite something, okay? And you're not allowed to think about it, you just come out with okay. it, okay? It's, it's very short, but let's start with, first of all, your favourite language. Russian. Uh, the favourite word in that language. Selskohazdinstvini. Uh, Which means? It's agricultural Okay, why? <laughs> uh, long story. Okay, right. We'll come back to that in another episode. Um, what about uh, a favourite song or a film or a book in a foreign language? I really like uh, the band Tattoo from Russia. Okay. They're, uh, the songs are great. And the, I like that they did them in English and Russian. Yeah. But Yasaslasma, uh, I think is the title, is quite complicated. That took me about six months to learn what that meant. Okay, is that the, the translation of all the things she said? Uh, it yeah, it, the direct translation is something like, I've lost my mind. Okay, well, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> what about the favorite destination to practice one of your languages? Oh, I think 
I really like the Christmas markets of Germany. Yeah. Well, it's quite a cliche, but I really like it. It's all good. And especially at this time of year, we're recording this in December. Yeah. You've had the experience of the Glasgow Christmas markets. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that, that far outshone the German Christmas markets, but... Not well, a lot of uh, German there, but... No. Yeah. <laughs> a few sausages, but anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, and the final question in this round, and this is a, a big one. So where and with whom would your ideal coffee break be? Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of good choices. I think the one that comes to mind, not necessarily too much for the foreign language. He does like it a, a lot. But I think Stephen Fry is a fantastic uh, personality. And he really likes languages too. And I know he's learned a little bit of Esperanto. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely likes He speaks French too, I know. So that would probably be it. Not necessarily for the foreign languages, but just because he's such an interesting person. A very I feel clever like. guy. Yeah, super, yeah. super clever. I remember seeing something that he did. Um, I think it was about the Gutenberg Bible or something like that, um, and the way in which it was printed. And he was just so enthusiastic about every aspect of this and the the fact that the Gutenberg Bible in its day was, I think, like the internet of now, which gave people the opportunity to to suddenly do things in their own language and have have well the printing press and everything like that allowed people to to express themselves. And so it was a, a fascinating bit of television that, that I watched. Okay. Uh, okay, we can pro, yeah. Mindensk so good. Uh, my Danish is not very good at all. Men jeg taler lidt skandinavisk. Yeah. So, kan du kanske... Uh, no, Moske. Moske in Danish, yeah. 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 Um, Presentere dig. Yeah. Well. Ja, jeg kan præsentere mig selv. Jeg prøver at snakke en lille smule langsommere. Ja, ja, det er godt. En normalt på dansk. Det er et meget hurtigt sprog. Jeg hedder Christopher. Det er mit danske navn. I England kalder jeg mig Chris, fordi yeah. man forkorter alting. Yeah. Øhm, og jeg synes, at skandinavisk er et spændende koncept, at man snakker alle tre sprog samtidig. So just to explain for our listeners here, so what Chris has said there is that his name's Christopher in, in Danish, but everyone calls him Chris in, in English. But he thinks the idea of Scandinavian is interesting because we've got kind of three languages for one. Yeah. Merged, and actually, when you uh, just to do that bit in English, yeah. um, if a Dane, a Norwegian, and a Swede is in the same room speaking their own language, they usually adapt. So that's what we call speaking Scandinavian, mm-hmm. because that's when I would say something like, you know, you just said kanshi, for instance, yeah. in, in Swedish, we say muski in Danish. So if I'm speaking to the Swedish person, I could say country instead or hell, you know. Yeah. That's a very hard sound for me to make. but uh, <laughs> for, for me too. But yeah, yeah it's, it's tricky. And if I'm speaking with a Norwegian person, uh, I would adapt other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, that's what I call Scandinavian. And that's very fascinating, yeah. I think. Absolutely. Have like a lingua franca kind of version exactly. of, of the languages. Exactly. Um, Where do you in Denmark? I live in England. Yeah, okay. But I live in Copenhagen. Okay, so you're born in Copenhagen. Yeah. yeah. I, I apologize for my awful Danish. It's really, really not good at all. But I'm kind of thinking you're you're getting what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of course, yeah. I, and, and I think it's a very rare language for English native speakers to learn and speak. So 
I mean, you're doing way better than 99.99999% of the population. So, that's going to hit. Okay, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. Any final thoughts, any words of advice or any ideas that you'd like to share with our, our Coffee Break community? Yeah, come and come to the events, honestly, because that changes everything. You asked a little bit earlier about how can we make uh, language learning success more abundant for people. And I think coming to the event really, it puts faces to the whole movement. It puts, you make friendships that kind of transcend the whole learning. And it just, it, it makes everything better, honestly, because people are so nice. You have the same interests and uh, you get to travel as well, which is, I think is a really big benefit. That's the other part of going to the conferences, yep. you know, to explore the local towns. I mean, we were recently in, in Boston, in Boston and, yep. and uh, what a great place, except Absolutely. that it rained all the time. But yeah, yeah well, come to the event. Kind of used to that here in Glasgow, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good morning, Good brother. Talking of events, you've got an event yourself that you could perhaps mention to our listeners. Absolutely. So I don't know when this will go out, so maybe it's too late for the first one, but I'm organizing something called the Polygot Cruise. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to take some of the best from the events, which is in my opinion, the socializing, and then give a, put it on a platform where people could basically spend a lot of time together because you're on a ship. So we have our little section on a cruise ship, a very big one. Uh, so we have a few hours of presentations every day, very limited because at the other events, you usually have presentations all day, mm-hmm. which I always thought was way too much. I'd rather want to network with people. You know, I could always watch the presentations later on YouTube. Yep. Um, so for the ship, we, we're going to be in a new port every day. It's going to be in, in the Mediterranean in April 2020. So if you're listening to this ahead of, ahead of that, you can might be able to still get it on. Just let me know. But apart from that, we're going to do it every year. And I'm going to hope to uh, find some new exciting locations where we can practice loads of languages. And, you know, you can get off the ship, explore for the day. And then when we come back in the afternoon, we'll just have one, two, maybe three presentations or workshops or you know, we'll get together and mastermind if you want to learn how to, I don't know, build a blog or yeah. <laughs> start a podcast, you know, I can help with that too. Excellent. And if people want to find out more about that or indeed in general more about you, how do they find you? So the website is actualfluency.com. Okay. You'll find everything there, including the podcast. There's a link to the Polygon Cruise as well. And pretty much everything I'm up to is, is from there. So uh, come over and say hi. Fantastic. So actualfluency.com and you'll be able to meet Chris there. Now, this is an extra bonus for this episode because we were aware that Chris had been talking about a number of things which perhaps over the past few months have been a little more difficult to to manage. And for that reason, we've asked Chris to come back on the podcast. Chris, you're joining us virtually from? Uh, Stoke on Trent, the middle of England. (laughs) How how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing quite well. It's uh, interesting times we live in, for sure, but um, I'm doing a lot of... uh, you know, language learning, working on actual fluency and, and other fun stuff. So doing the negative with the positive, as they say. Good stuff. So we wanted just a, a little update from you. Um, obviously, you had spoken in our main episode about um, the whole idea of the, the Polyglot Cruise. And that was planned for, was it April? Yeah, in the middle of April, yeah. But with the situations that we've all been encountering that didn't unfortunately go ahead. Can you give us a bit of an update? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, typical when you're hosting your first uh, event, right? Uh, but uh, what we did was we decided to move it till next year and uh, sort of the same week of 2021 instead, April. Hopefully things will be back to somewhat normal by then. And uh, everyone who had a ticket 
to the first one were offered the chance to just keep the ticket, no losses or anything, or get a refund. And I'm happy to say that almost everyone was happy to continue with the ticket for next year. And uh, just a few people wanted a refund, which is absolutely fine. You know, no, uh, no hard feelings there. I, I really appreciate the support. And uh, to make it kind of, you know, safe and secure for people to book tickets for next year, we've kind of extended the normal, you know, you have a two week or three months or whatever refund period. So we've extended that all the way through January 1st. So for any reason, if you are uncomfortable, go, we give a full refund, 100%, no problem. We cover the fees and everything. Um, just to get people to join earlier because that gives us the best prizes. It gives us the best opportunity to find the right cabins and get people into the kind of style of cabin they want as well. So that's basically where we're at. Okay. So basically, if any of our listeners are, are interested in being involved in this, give us a quick rundown again of, of where the destinations are. We're talking about a, a Mediterranean cruise, correct? Absolutely. So we're starting in Barcelona. And the stops that are sort of nominated, they can change, but the nominated stops are Mallorca, and we go to Malta as well. And then we go over to Italy and visit Sicily, and we also go a little bit further up the coast to, I can never say this one, is it Civitavecchia? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's Civitavecchia. <laughs> I say Civitavecchia, Mekitesitia. <laughs> I can never say it, but we, that one, exactly. Um, so we go up there and then back to Barcelona again. But, you know, the, the depending on weather and, and other factors, they might decide to to kind of either cancel destinations or add new ones. Uh, so it is a bit flexible, but I can tell you for sure that it starts and ends in Barcelona. <laughs> okay. Well, some fantastic destinations there. I mean, some beautiful places um, and a wonderful way to, to co combine some travel with some uh, interesting language learning topics and, and topics about the, the whole world of languages. Chris, in terms of, of your own language learning and, and what you've been working on over the past few months, obviously everyone has had to readjust somewhat and, and look at different ways of learning. Is there anything that you have taken from this time in terms of your own learning? I really appreciate and I'm grateful that we live in a time where I can go on a website and have some, a native speaker face-to-face uh, -face within minutes. And it costs me less than you know a meal deal from, uh, from Subway. Uh, I find that absolutely remarkable. And, and for me, that will always be the most powerful way to improve my language. So I've had a quite a few tutoring sessions in in Russian, which is my kind of challenge language. I've, I've been working on it for quite a while, um, and I I really encourage everyone to, you know, if you can't get out for whatever reason, try to look online. You know, get a a conversation partner or or even hire a tutor. It, it's way more affordable than most people think. Brilliant. It's all about the conversation. And uh, that is where we're going to leave this episode of Conversations. Chris, thanks for doing this little extra update for us. Um, and we wish you continued success with everything that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks, good to hear. Celta. I think one of the key points that Chris brought up in his interview was that you don't need to aim for perfection to enjoy a foreign language. That's something that we really agree with here at Coffee Break. As Chris said, even learning just a simple hello, how are you in someone's native language can make a massive difference both to you and the person to whom you're speaking. 
And that's what we believe language learning is all about. Now, we've also filmed a video with Chris in our Coffee Break Kitchen studio, and you can find that over at our YouTube channel. Just search for Coffee Break Languages on YouTube, where you'll be able to find that video, along with a whole range of other language learning videos. Once again, thank you to Chris for taking part in this interview, and we'll be back next week with another Coffee Break Conversation. You have been listening to a production of the Coffee Break Academy for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2020, Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2020, Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.